Blog Talk Radio. The great city playboys, they're always around to help build your hope up, then help drag you down. They'll leave you with nothing worth singing about. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the first ever episode of Blazing Ride Backstage. Joining me on the program is the Richter to my O'Brien, the McMahon to my Carson, the Schaefer to my Letterman, the Sade to my Baderinois, Mr. John Week. How are you? Hey, everybody! I'm hey, good, sir. I am very good. Oh, man, Weeks. Uh, well, you're 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 in. Are you in Dallas right now? I am in Dallas, Texas, man, the low star state. <laughs> yes, I hell, am. What the hell are you doing out there? I don't even know. I think somebody brought me here. No, I uh, <laughs> am here for training for my job with the Department of Homeland Security. Yes, I am for a couple <laughs> weeks. Oh wow. Big dog. That sounds like you sounds like sounds like you got an important job down there. Somewhat, some would say so. Yeah. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> All right. Let's let's get on to more so important matters. So uh, we uh, are doing this show. I have wanted ever since I can remember you to co-host a show with me on the regular. So this is this is us starting it now. Um, mainly the reason that I used to want it is because uh, you laugh at everything. <laughs> very true, because I think you're a very funny man, quite frankly, and I think you do a good job, good job but being funny. The other reason is is that you just straight up been killing it lately, Weeks. You've been killing it. <laughs> Let's just say I've been very lucky so far. We'll see, though. We'll, we, this show, I think, is going to be the second best show ever, right behind what you got, uh, a blog talk radio right there. Plays a rye. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is uh, called Blazing Ride Backstage. It's a, a looser format than the typical uh, Monday night show. I uh, just want to plug the Monday night show this week coming. We have uh, two authors coming up. This will be the, the four authors in a row, actually, between last Monday and this coming Monday. Uh, we have Robert Biederman, who wrote uh, my second-to-last unofficial Last Will and Testament which is on Amazon.com, and it is hilarious, and it just was released for Kindle. And we also got the uh, Melanchthon Hughes, I believe his name is. I'll tell you more about him later, but he wrote some sort of zombie book or something. Um, so, uh, Weeks, have you ever um, you ever let a uh, medical bill go unpaid for a while? <laughs> Great question. Yes, I did. And uh, it was probably the worst mistake of my life. It just uh, started growing and growing and growing. It was like the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, it was terrible. You don't want to make that medical bill angry, do you? <laughs> no, I did not. And I did. And he destroyed my life for a while. How so? What happened? It just grew, and I couldn't pay it for an even longer period of time. It's just like, you know, it's a, it's a problem that if you ignore it, it just gets worse. 
And uh, well, it was a hospital bill, and it was a uh, what is it, an ambulance bill, and it was just terrible from the beginning. Why did you have to go to the hospital in an ambulance? I forgot. It was just uh, <laughs> oh, it was in St. Oh, it was in St. Louis. I think. Yeah, I remember I got uh, uh, hit by car when I was crossing the street, and uh, it was it was terrible. I, I, and I didn't pay for, pay for it for like a year. It was just a bad idea. It was just uh yeah, because I didn't have the funds at the time, and I was going to school. But, jeez, uh, you got to pay those bills. And don't get hit by cars. <laughs> Wait, did you get hit by a car? I did, yeah, at St. Louis. It was, uh, it was uh, an SUV driven by a student. It was pretty scary. But I remember uh, screaming a lot. When I got really mad. I think I started lecturing people when I uh, finally came to. <laughs> <laughs> you... So you were just like, you came into consciousness and just started screaming at people? Did you even know if they were the culprit? I no, that's the thing. They weren't the culprit. I was like screaming at police officers and um, um, like, you know, ambulance people, EMTs. And I was like, you know, this place really stinks. They can't drive in this gym. They can't drive the people trying gym. to help you? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was doing. They can't drive in this damn state. You know, I I I live in uh, Connecticut with a lot more people. They know how to drive a lot better than this. You know, I just started lecturing them on the great things of these <laughs> you shows. Sound like you're I, 90 I often years do that old. When I get really mad. Yeah, that's what happened. I started. I must have sounded like when I was, when I was 90. Well, sometimes I do that regularly, but. <laughs> I just want to let everyone know who's listening that we encourage interaction with this show. So if you want to. Facebook, either one of us, you want to tweet us at Blaze and Rye or Blaze and Rye Radio, uh, and definitely join the chat room. And in order to actively engage in the chat, just uh, log into your uh, Blaze, uh, your Blog Talk Radio account or log in through Facebook or Twitter, and the chat room should be on the bottom of the link when you're listening on your computer. Um, John Weeks, let me tell you why I brought up this medical issue. Uh, I went to an ear doctor a while back, and I've had this issue, the same issue with my ear for the last week or so, where my right ear is all clogged, and first it had like a a tickle or an itch, and then it felt clogged, and then it went back to tickle, and then it went back to the the clog, and there's only one ear doctor that I trust, right? Here's the Mm -hmm. thing. I scheduled this appointment with this ear doctor, and... I don't think that it's going to be that big a deal that I still owe him money. But herein lies the rub, Sir Weeks. The last appointment was in 2008. Wow. So I I had made made one payment, but I still owed almost $200. So yesterday... I go into the appointment, you know, thinking that I can still get treated and they'll just, you know, add it to my tab. But since it was five <laughs> years ago, uh, they were they were unwilling to see me unless I paid it. And I'm glad I went to that doctor because he's he's the one that I trust. But here's the thing is there was, like, definitely an air of guilt around me, like, the entire time I was there. I also couldn't afford to pay it, so... Two of my friends, thank you guys very much. Two of my friends uh, transferred money into my account just in just in the nick of time. But boy, I was so flustered yesterday, and you know, I, I I'll pay pay those friends back when I get paid next. But man, it was it was a hot mess in that uh in that ear doctor's uh, appointment. 
Oh my gosh, that sounds like a, quite a tragedy. There, that's 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 terrible. You know, the, the thing about doctors' offices, they can shame you into feeling guilty about not paying a bill, and I've done that before, or you know, not showing up on a time to an appointment, and you feel so guilty about not making it that it's almost as bad as almost committing murder or something like that. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> Uh huh. <laughs> I, I feel so bad, you know. It's just I just want to get out of there sometimes. And they give you like a lecture. It's like you're disappointing your, your your favorite professor, you know. And uh, it's just it's just it can be terrible sometimes. And I know how you feel, but you know, five years that's that's uh, that's rough, man. That's <laughs> but <laughs> so yeah, so I, I you give... know, I I should have I should have uh, paid that earlier. Is the the lesson that uh. The, or the other lesson is just deal with it and go to another ear doctor, you know what I mean, and, and figure it out in the meantime. But the thing is, I, you know, that's the – let me tell you about why I trust this guy more than the, the rest is because the last time I lived in Astoria and I went to a doctor in Astoria and he gave me the hearing test and everything um, and my hearing was not where it should be and he – uh, told me to do this stuff and that the ear didn't look normal or something, right? I didn't trust this guy. So then I go to this guy that I went to yesterday, you know, five years ago, and this guy told me I was fine. He told me I got, like, a perfect score on the hearing test. Hearing was perfectly normal. Um, and I told this guy, Dr. Seidman, I said, I have been avoiding loud noises, so I was not going to go to this party tomorrow. Do you think I shouldn't go? And Dr. Seidman goes, go to the party. Have a good time. Um, and he, that party was the first time I ever made out with a boy. Oh, my gosh. So this Dr. Seidman is a, is a life changer. He's a game changer, as they say. Yeah. If it and wasn't he for Dr. Seidman, I don't like know. like uh, Patch Adams. <laughs> How is it like Patch Adams? He changed your life, you know. He 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 not only changed you medically, but he changed you personally. He he was more than a doctor. He went above and beyond the call of duty. You know, he wore a clown's nose for Christ's sake. <laughs> okay, just to be clear, Doctor Simon didn't wear a clown's nose. That was bad. But he uh, did encourage me to you know go on about my life like normal, uh, as opposed to not like the other doctor did and I did and I wound up being so happy because of it uh that weekend and, and in the weeks to come uh because yeah there was like this this kind of barrier that had been broken down and if I didn't go to that party who knows what would have happened but let me tell you something else about Dr. Simon earlier this week when I went to go look up his information I recognized that he is a plastic surgeon as well and that was a little off-putting I did not know that See, that's a little scary. I mean, you don't. As you learn more information about your doctor, maybe information you don't want to know. It's, it's um, you wonder, you know, what they're really up to in life and, and in terms of their their medical treatment of their patients. You know, what are they really after? You know, what are their aspirations in, in treating you? And uh, maybe this guy is not a Patch Adams. Maybe he's more than Patch Adams. You know, maybe he's what. Maybe he's more than just Patch Adams. Maybe he's more than a doctor. Maybe he's more than a doctor with a, a clown's nose on, you know? Maybe he's Dr. Shivago. Maybe he's Dr. Shivago. That's what I was thinking. 
or Doctor Who, who you know. You, who you is, never know. Who is that? That's from who is that, by the way? Do you know? Doctor Zhivago. I, I have no idea. I think it's the the famous doctor from Russia, I believe. <laughs> we need, both of us go to make the joke, but neither of us know if it even works. Um, so, uh, but here, then I thought about it even more, and you got to think about it. Plastic surgeons, they have to know what they're doing. You know, they have to keep their eye on the ball, maybe literally sometimes. They got to know exactly what they're doing. They need to be focused. So I feel like, you know what, I, I can, I can, I can rock with that. You know, as long as I trust him as the ENT, I, I can vibe with the fact that he's a plastic surgeon too. Yeah, that's right. You know, plastic surgeons, they just can't mess up. They mess up, and quite frankly, it's over for the patient. But, uh, you know, in terms of beauty, and uh, it's, it's almost like artists, and, uh, and and they're creating masterpieces, and if they, they mess up just slightly, that's it. Their work's over. I think that, that in, the, in terms of that, they're, they're very delicate in their work. So I think, yeah, maybe you've got a winner there. Doc, you know, this, I think this doctor... <laughs> Doctor went above and beyond, and uh, he's a great kid. I think you got to give him a gift. Maybe get some, uh, get him some movie tickets, Iron Man three, or something like that. You know? Nah, I gotta get, I gotta get Jesus's wedding gift first. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's that's still in the mail. <laughs> that's what I keep saying about that one. <laughs> um, but and all that said, too, you know, plastic surgeons do have very important jobs to do when it comes to certain things, like some. Rhinoplasties are very important. Things like that, you know, they're they're not always all all cosmetic. And read, right. in reading about him, it did seem like most of it was cosmetic, but still, it can be very medical sometimes as well. That's right. And and rhinoceros rhinoceros really appreciate the work that he does. You know, <laughs> rhinoplasty. John Weeks, do you have any idea how fat I've gotten? No, you haven't. I, I don't believe you. And, and you're just, you know, exaggerating things, of course. No, I let me tell it. you, From I'd say a few years ago, I was at my thinnest at this height. I have gained 60 pounds. 60. Oh, my gosh. That is incredible. It's terrible. <laughs> How did this happen? I, I, I don't know, man. This, some, you know, food is... Gaining weight is a strange thing. We know as we get older, it's, it's harder for our metabolisms to keep up with us. And I think you're just more exposed to better food out there in, in uh, New York City. You know, it's just that's just the way it is. I blame it on the food. If the food wasn't that great, if the chefs weren't that good, we wouldn't gain weight. That's the problem, you know. And I think food has to get worse. I, I blame food. Food should be worse. Yes, that way we wouldn't chef, gain so much weight. Because the chefs said Domino's are the finest in the in the land. <laughs> Um, well, they but, changed, they changed the pizza. You know, they've done they've done an outrageous job from from going from crappy chefs to five star chefs. You know, this is just insane. The Domino's has, has completely reversed the game plan. They're game changers now. They, they, well, yeah, they made the, the pizza very like addicting, and and I think they just mm-hmm. doused it in butter, and now it's just uh, unstoppable. <laughs> but when I was uh, at my, I was going through a lot at the time, like very anxious, had a lot of anxiety, and I got down to 143 pounds. Now, right now, um, I'll just uh, round it off to 203 for the Elm City, but I'm 203 pounds now. I've never been 200 pounds before, and, uh, you know, frankly, it's making me feel a certain way. 
it, it, it might. It might make you feel a certain way, but it should be that's their way to be proud. I think it's welcome to the club, buddy. Two hundred pounds is like uh is is an awesome stage. I think it's a great stage in life where everybody should aspire to. It's two hundred pounds and, and that's now we you you are just dwindling down to nothing. You you've lost so much weight, sir. I have. I used to be about six hundred and fifty pounds. Now I've uh, lost so much weight. <laughs> I'm at about uh, you know about uh, six hundred and sixty-five pounds right now. So I, I've lost a lot of weight. <laughs> you are, you have never been seven hundred pounds. No, I haven't. I haven't, no. But, you know, if you include my head, yes. My head is very heavy sometimes. It's even heavier than my body, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> have, you, uh, have you taken a look at this guy, Charles Ramsey? I have, yes. I, I, I have, and I'm still laughing about it, yes. Isn't this the greatest thing you've seen ever? I think, quite frankly, Charles Ramsey is the greatest hero, American hero of all time. Well, I was reading, <laughs> I was reading today that he's been to jail a few times for spousal abuse. So is he still the the greatest hero of all time? I think so. I think you know, <laughs> even with that information, what he did was he completely reversed that, and you know, he saved some lives there. And and uh, he seems like a real humble guy, quite frankly. So we're we're going to talk a little bit about him. Um, I'm going to play the 911 call, and then we're going to do a segment with uh, our friend Tom Fogarty, and then we'll get back to it. So here is we'll go in chronological order. Uh, first up is the 911 call from Charles Ramsey in Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland 911 Police Ambulance to Fire. Yeah, hey bro, I'm at 2207 Seymour, West 25th. Hey, check this out. I just came from McDonald's, right? So I'm on my porch eating my little food, right? This broad is trying to break out the fucking house next door to me. So there's a bunch of people on the street right now and shit. So be like, well, what's wrong with you? What's the problem? She like, this motherfucker been kidnapped me and my daughter, and we've been in this bitch. She said her name is Linda Berry or some shit. I don't know who the fuck that is. I just moved over here, bro. Uh, sir, 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 you know what sir, I mean? sir, you have to calm down and slow down. Is she still in the street? Uh, uh, Seymour Avenue. Is, right? this, is she still in the street, or where did she go? Yeah, I'm looking at her. She right now. She calling y'all. She on another phone. Is she black, white, or Hispanic? Uh, she white, but the baby look Hispanic. Okay, what is she wearing? Uh, white tank top, light blue, uh, sweatpants. Uh, like 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 a white beater. Do you know the address next door that she said she was in? Yeah, 2207. I'm looking at it. Okay, I thought that was your address. So that that house. No, no, I'm smarter than that, bro. I'm telling you where the crime was. Okay, look, sir, we can't talk at the same time. Do you want to leave your name and number? Or your name Charles and number? Ramsey, R-A-M-S-E-Y. What's the phone number? Uh, Are the people she said that did this? Do you know if they're still in the house? I don't have a fucking clue, bro. I just sat here with McDonald's. Can you can you ask her if she needs an ambulance? You need an ambulance? A what? She needs everything. She's up for seeing a uh, panic, bro. I guess she's been kidnapped, so, you know, put yourself in her shoes. I, we'll send the police out. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's time for the Hot Mess Award with Tom Fogarty. Uh, Tom, Sire, welcome to the program. Hey, hey. Hey, mate. Hey. Yep, yep. How are you tonight? What's going on, sir? 
Okay, just listening to that clip. The only thing that's sad about that, and it really has sort of pissed me off, is the sort of laissez-faire attitude of the 911 operators, both when she was on the phone and then with him. It's mm-hmm. just sort of ridiculous, given the situation. Yeah, I would agree with that, too. <clears throat> I, I also think that that 911 operator shouldn't have been as pissed at him. He should have known he was getting the greatest 911 call of all time. Right, but I mean, it's even the 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 other one with her, where it was like, you know, the she was like upsetting his his you know day mm-hmm. by getting herself out of fucking captivity after ten years. Are you kidding yeah. me? Hot mess. Well, speaking of hot, indeed, mess, it's time for the hot mess awards with Tom John Weeks, on a scale from 1 to 10, how excited are you for the Hot Mess Awards right now? 11! 10, 10 million. I'm so excited for Tom Fogarty's. I'm 300 pounds worth of excited. I can't handle myself right now. I don't even know if I can stay on the phone, quite frankly. If I, if I can, if I, I'll call back, all right? All right. Go, Tom, go. What do you got for us? Uh, my my first candidate is Macaulay Culkin. Have you heard about this shit? He's moving in with Pete Doherty? Now, does that sound like a fucking recipe for success or what? Hey, he's moving in with who, did he? Pete Doherty. Who the hell is Pete Doherty? Sharon Doherty? He's a famous wife? dude that, like, you know, sniffed cocaine out of Kate Moss's crack and did heroin and went to prison and then was Amy Winehouse's best bud once he got back out? Oh, that God. fucking crackhead? Oh, my God. And Macaulay Culkin are now shacking up together. Oh, no. Yeah, I guess Macaulay didn't like being home alone. Yo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. And it sounds like, you know, the perfect marriage of a horse queen and a size queen, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I have no idea what you mean. What is <laughs> And my next candidate would be Oh Lord, don't get me started. The wedding party for Mama June and Honey Bear. Did you see that shit? <laughs> I, I love how each one is. Did you see that shit? Have you heard about that? No. I mean the no, bride and groom were in like camo with orange accents. <laughs> <laughs> and and the mason jars had stems on them like it was the fine glassware. And for dessert, they had Zegnut, Zegnut bars. I am not kidding you. That is like a fucking white trash version of a payday. Who are these people? These are from the t- toddler tiara. That's Honey no. Boo Boo's mom and dad. <laughs> Yeah, they got they found like some bogus reverend, so it's not even official. They didn't even like officially get married, but it was just a huge ass camouflage and orange. Yeah, it looked like hunting gear, is what they were all dressed in. And she looked like a fucking float was coming down the aisle. <laughs> and what's your third thing? Si? My third, I'm so I'm sort of tied right now because the. I wanted to say Beyonce, after hurting what she includes in her rider for touring, that she must have hand-carved ice balls to soothe her throat after she sings. 
What the fuck is a hand-carved ice ball? (laughs) Wait, how do you hand... So you gotta exactly. you gotta freeze the water and then yeah. top it down. Yeah, she wants it like shaved and shit, like she's on a fucking carnival cruise. It's gotta be some, you know, like an ice sculpture that she's gonna then suck on to soothe her throat. I don't get it. I don't get it. But what almost bumped her out of the running for the third spot was, I don't know if you happened to catch last night on Andy Cohen's Watch What Happens Live. But uh, well, I know John Weeks watches religiously. Well, Sweet Brown was on. Did you see her? She, she was, was the bartender no, last night. No, what happened? Well, she has a line of barbecue sauce that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, you know what it's called? Ain't nobody got time for that. Nope. Lord Jesus, it's a fire. <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> Well, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. And that's going to be her hot ass barbecue sauce. (laughs) There's there's more hot messes for you. Well, thank you for those. Anything that Sweet Brown does, though, I support. Well, me too. But I mean, she's she's like, you know, the sort of like the number one definition of a hot mess. You know, something that you, it's just sort of cringeworthy, but you love them anyway. (laughs) All that other shit is just, that's just hot mess crap. I mean, that's, that's. That's just horror show, you know. Without just playing. Um, I love the, the 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 use of the word shit. Has I mean, I've never on the regular show has it been so potent. I know. It's that's why I asked you. You know, are we good to go with shit like that? <laughs> um, while I have you, sire, uh, let's let's play the interview. Um, from uh, Charles Ramsey, and we'll uh, we'll get both of your opinions afterwards, cool. uh, and then we'll move on. Here we go. Hey, Charles, Charles, let me talk to you. I'm talking with Charles Ramsey. He's a neighbor. Uh, t- walk me through again what happened this afternoon. You were, you you heard screaming. I heard screaming. I'm eating my McDonald's. I uh, come outside. I see this girl going nuts, trying to get out of a house. So I go on the porch. I go on the porch. And she says, help me get out. I've been, I'm, I've been in here a long time. So, you know, I figured it's a, a domestic violence dispute. So I open the door, and we can't get in that way because how the door is, it's so much that the body can't fit through, only your hand. So we can kick the bottom. And she comes out with the little girl, and she says, call 911. My name was Amanda Berry. Now, did you know who that was when, you, when she said that? When she told me, it didn't register. Until I got to call the 911, and then I'm like, I'm calling the 911 for Amanda Barry. I thought this girl was dead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and she got on the phone, and she said, yes, this is me. And the detective, uh, Cook, right here, Detective Gregory Cook says, Charles, do you know who you rescued? I said, I said. Now, and when did you see, when did you see Gina? About, about, about five. We're good. So about five minutes after the police got here, see, the girl Amanda told the police, I ain't just the only one. It's some more girls up in that house. So they went up there, you know, 30, 40 deep, and when they came out, was just astonishing because I thought they were going to come up with nothing. I figured, I mean, whoever she was, and like I say, my neighbor, uh, you, you got you got the, some big testicles to pull this off, bro, because we see this dude every day. I mean, every day. How long did you live here? 
I've been here a year. Okay. You still come up room? Right. I barbecue with, with this dude. We eat ribs and, and whatnot and listen to salsa music. You still come up room? Yeah. And you had no indication that there was not anything going on? bro, not a clue that that girl w was in that house or anybody else was in there against their will because how he is is I, he just comes out to his backyard, plays with the dogs, tinker with his cars and motorcycles, goes back in the house. So he's somebody that you look and you look away because he's not doing nothing but the, the average stuff. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's nothing exciting about him. Well, until the day. <laughs> what, was, what was your reaction on the girls' faces? I can't imagine to see the sunlight to be around. Bro, I knew something was wrong when a little pretty white girl ran into a black man's arms. Something is wrong here. Dead giveaway. Dead Charles, giveaway. Charles, thank you very Dead much. Dead giveaway. Thank you very much for your time. And Either she homeless or she got problems. That's the only reason why she run to a black man. Charles, thank, thank you for being there, man. Charles Ramsey, a neighbor, heard the screaming, took action, went and did what he needed to do. The rest is unfolding before us here on CMR. I'm going to send it back to you. Oh, Tom Fogarty, what's your take on that? Well, I, mean, I love the guy. Well, I mean, how can you not? How can you, you not? Know. But I, th I think a real good opportunity is to get him and Sweet Brown together and he can <laughs> help her promo the Lord Jesus, it's a fire, and we ate ribs together. So you can you can merge the barbecue sauce I think they the can ribs. put it all together because everybody got time for that. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I think the reason that both of them are famous is, uh, other than the fact that they're hilarious, is just that it's that they're purely genuine, genuine people in those it's moments. Real. You know? It's real. Yeah. You know, and in that part of town, in that part of the west side of Cleveland, it's kind of dicey, and that is the only way a white girl be running into a black man's arms. You know, it's either her pimp or she's in trouble. Yeah. You know, I mean, he he's, he was telling it like it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, John Weeks, what do you think about that interview? I think it's a great interview. I think it's, um, you know, just someone being real and honest and, and truthful. And uh, I think he's he's got a career not only because he's an American hero, but I think he's got a career because he's a comic, quite frankly. He's very funny. I think he's trying to get the reporter to laugh at the end as well. And uh, I think he's got a great attitude about life. And I think Charles Ramsey is the man. He's, a, he's telling him like a boss. He's like, you know, I was eating McDonald's. I was, this guy is not, you know, we were having barbecues together. And he's just being real, you know. He's talking. He's talking like a bro, like a real bro. <laughs> yeah, mate. All right, Tom Fogarty, thank you for the hot mess awards tonight. We'll catch you next time, sir. You're more than welcome. I'm gonna go see if I can get the missus to hand carve some ice balls for me. <laughs> All right, as long as she's not carving your balls. Uh, hello, <laughs> Good night, sir. Later, Gator. Bye. All right, boy, these. Would you ever request that somebody make uh, ice, sculpted ice balls for you, John Weeks? Weeks? Oh, you know what? I think I hung up on John Weeks. Uh-oh. Um, hold on a second. Hey, hey, Weeks? Yeah, mate, I'm back, mate. <laughs> what happened there? Did I, did, was that I me? Have, I got blocked off. I have no idea. Don't, no worries, man, I am back. Uh, all right, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> no problem. I think, 
I think we have it. 646. What's your name? Where are you checking in from? Hello. Hey. Hey. Um, can I talk to John Weeks, please? John yeah, Weeks, John here. you got to call it. Hey. hey. What's up? Hey, John. It's Nikki. Um, are you going to come get me? No, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, okay, bro. Uh, I'm, like, right by Lincoln Center, and I need a ride home. So, like, can you be here, like, 10 minutes or so? I'm just going to go take a pee really quick, and then I'll wait outside for you. Listen, man, ain't nobody got time for that. I'm sorry, bro. I can't do that. Okay, listen, lady, not my problem. I really just, like, you should pick me up. It's funny. I don't know what, what kind of ride you're talking about. This is ridiculous. I can't do that. You know I can't swing that, dude. Okay, Sister Sledge, hold on to tail and sit the F down, okay? Mama needs a ride, and you're going to give it to me, John Weeks. <laughs> Bro, I'm, I cannot swing that. It's just not going to happen. I'm, I'm not doing it. Okay, let me lay it down for you, Mama. Okay? <laughs> Get in your little two-seater. Take it up the West Side Highway. Pick my booty up. I do have a bag, so make sure your back seat is empty. And drive me on home. Then whatever you want to do with your lady parts for the rest of the night, not my busy biz. <laughs> Listen, pal, I can't pick your ass up. It's not going to happen. My taxi is absolutely full. Is not going down. I'm in McDonald's right now. Listen, don't call me fat. I will still fit in your back seat no matter how much stuff is in it. And did you just call me Pamela? <laughs> Yes, Pam. I'm not picking it up, dude. It's not going to happen. Listen, I will totally flash your tires if you don't come get me. So get your ass in the car and pick me up. If your heart's too full, get a zip car. I really like the Volvos. I look amazing in them when you have the little rooftop open. Okay. I prefer silver, and they do have them on the 42nd Street uh, one between 10th and 11th. New. Ask for Ricky. He'll get it really quick. Tell me you need it 15 minutes. See you in a couple of minutes, mommy. Okay? <laughs> it's not going to happen, bro. I'm sorry. You can tell Ricky it yourself. Right. You Thanks up. for the call. Thanks for the call, uh, Thank Nikki. You. I, hope, I hope you find your ride. Oh, John okay. Weeks, what, what, what have you gotten yourself into? I don't know, bro. This is just getting ridiculous. I'm just getting real mad right now. And, uh, I'm not giving you a ride. No ride, bro. No ride, bro. Who was that bro that just called you? I have no idea who that bro was. But that, listen, listen buddy, that, that, that person's no pal of mine. They're not getting no ride. That's for sure. <laughs> it's weird that she was... <laughs> it's weird that she was asking you to give her a ride, and, she, and you're in Dallas, and she's in Hell's Kitchen. Oh, he's completely out of the line. I don't think he even knows what he's talking about, quite frankly. It's just ridiculous. You know, that that bro is out of line and out of line counselor right there. Oh, my God. All right. Well, I hope hope he finds a ride at some point Um, because it sounded like he was a little. I hope he doesn't. I I really hope he doesn't find a ride. I hope he has to walk, quite frankly. Bro is out of line. It sounded like he was a little zonked out, a little like he was on some, some maybe he was hanging out with Macaulay Culkin and Rory O'Malley or whatever the guy's name was. <laughs> was it? 
I think it was P. Diddy Daughter Darty. P. Diddy Darty. P. Diddy Doherty, yeah, exactly. Shannon Doherty's ex uh, ex brother in law or something. Uh, um, it, sounded, it sounded like you were sucking on some uh, ice balls over there. <laughs> Do you think that they were carved to her perfection? I think, I think they were hand carved, hand made. Yes. <laughs> hey. You know this this Joe Joey uh, Jody what's her name Jody Arias uh, she got convicted today of, of murder. I saw that that uh, that Captain Insano right that woman that that, that crazy woman in the, who uh, what did she do she shot uh, stabbed twenty plus times and slit his throat it was ridiculous. Yeah, but do you know what the crazy part is? Is there's a very very famous uh, drag artist. Uh, named Joey Arias that I keep thinking about every time I hear about Jody Arias, and it, I'm just imagining him, her doing all that stuff to that poor guy. Oh man, see that's just bad. That's you know that Joey Arias is getting a bad rap. He's, he's getting exactly. a bad rap, bro. And meanwhile, you know she's never done anything to anybody. Yeah, that's not right. She's a good kid. I think that's just that's just wrong. Maybe maybe a lawsuit for defamation should be. In store here. This just to clean up the name. This is ridiculous. So, Weeks, do you know that they've already auto-tuned the Charles Ramsey report interview? Oh, I, mean, I hope they did a good job with it. I hope they didn't rush and ruin it. But I, I yeah, think it, he was just a, a star on his own, quite frankly. I, I think you maybe got to listen to it a couple times because the second time I listened to it, I really got into it. So let's let's take a little listen to uh, Dead Giveaway by the Gregory Brothers. I'm talking with Charles Ramsey. He's a neighbor. Uh, t- walk me through again what happened this afternoon. I knew something was wrong when a little pretty white girl ran into a black man's arms. Dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. My neighbor got big tentacles because we see this dude every day. We eat ribs with this dude, but we didn't have a clue that that girl was in that house. She said, please help me get out. Dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. Ew. 
bro. Bros. Bros. Um, bro. <laughs> so we got to get going, but I think we should just uh, – I, I want to – I want to end on an image, a very powerful image that kept coming to my mind today. Of I really wish that somebody got a photograph of when we were at Jesus's wedding in Roswell, Georgia, and <laughs> they they were serving that grand buffet, and the two of us sat there alone at that massively long table, and, and everyone else was in like huge groups, and the two of us just out there by ourselves. <laughs> oh, it was it was a it was a picture in time that we will never forget. I don't think there was a misery that could be captured greater than that picture could have shown when the skies turned gray and everything was just terrible. The food, <laughs> the people, the company, the music. Oh my, oh my gosh. And uh, I just remember, and I know this is terrible, I just remember the cake falling over the rail. And that may, that may, for just a slight second, a nanosecond, you know, kind of made me laugh a little bit. And then I went back to my misery. <laughs> that is terrible. That, that, it is terrible. That is the only <laughs> moment that brought you any solace in that, that weekend. It did. It did. It, it, I smirked a little bit of it that day, and I think that's all that happened that day. That was a, a slightly joyful, but otherwise, it was just oh, nerve-wrackingly miserable. <laughs> well, we'll have to um, continue the rest of the story on another show because, as I understand it, the, the, where we left off is actually way before that because. The last time we talked about this particular wedding, we had just finished the bachelor party. So we got to uh, backtrack a bit here, and next time we'll go back to the beginning of the wedding weekend. That was, in other words, the beginning of the end. <laughs> the end of what? Of our, our lives. <laughs> of everything that was joyful and good in this world. <laughs> All right, John. Well, um, you know what? We're, we're going to be back next week, same bat time, same bat channel, different bat show. Um, and, hey, man, this was so much fun, and I'm so glad we're doing it. So thanks for uh, joining me tonight. Oh, I want to thank you, my friend, you know, for putting on such a great show in the beginning and, and for continuing with this. And backstage, it's just has so much promise. And I think, you know, being here together, going to be phenomenal, and I think you're, you're a great host, and uh, I'm nothing but uh, honored to be on the show with you, so I appreciate it. Well, that's very sweet. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you, John Weeks, and with a shot to my better in law and we will see everyone back here uh, next week, Wednesday night, 9 o'clock, Eastern Daylight Time, uh, and don't forget to tune in to Robert Biederman and Melanchthon, I think it's Hughes, I need to verify that. Uh, two authors should be fascinating. Both uh, very funny guys on Monday night. Uh, so, if you have a Barbie doll, strip her off those clothes, bend her backwards, burn her knuckles on the stove, and leave her in some drawers somewhere. Good night, Weeks. Good night, everybody. Good night, sir.